0: Va a llegar el gol del Arsenal Özil. Marca Mesuto Özil. Bellerín, qué golazo. Magnífico. Qué golazo de Bellerín, gol del Arsenal. Gran gol de Bellerín, 1-0. This is Arscast Extra. Hello there and welcome to another Arscast Extra, as always with James from GunnerBlog. Good morning to you. Good morning. How is uh, how's everything hanging? How's the arm still limp and freaky?
1: Do you know what? It's not even in any kind of splint today. It's it's free and loose. Um, it doesn't work. If I'm honest with you, right? You know there are certain things that are still be on me. Carrying a tray would be difficult, if you can imagine.
0: Well, as an actor, that must be particularly tough. As your secondary career as a waiter will be um, will be severely affected.
1: Well, also ironically. Um, All the big parts I really want to play primarily are waiters, so it's a bit of a disaster on all fronts, but Mm. it's on the mend anyway. How are you?
0: Uh, I'm all right. I'm all right. Yeah, nothing, uh, nothing too strange or startling, just plodding along, looking out the window. It's raining here today. That's not good. But apart from that, you know...
1: It's quiet on the Arsenal front, isn't it?
0: It really is. They're all gone to uh, Singapore on a fantastic Mm. Arsenal plane. Did you see that? The plane is is all covered with Arsenal players, and they painted on Aaron Ramsey on the side of the plane and stuff like that. that. Yeah, that was great. That was certainly worthy of the 42 news stories that we saw. Arsenal has Arsenal plane. Exactly.
1: Well, at least you know no one's going to get on the wrong flight, Mm. you would imagine. Um, and then, what else have we seen? has you has know, arrived. He has. He, he's been given a little tour of the training ground. Mm-hmm. He's got a squad number. Mm-hmm. 33. 33. 33. Soon to be out of date, as you pointed out. It yeah.
0: He'll no longer be 33 and the whole thing will be absurd. Yeah. But hey, 33. That's, um, I mean, it's a traditional goalkeeper's number.
1: Hmm. Hmm. Of course. One of great, great tradition. Yeah.
0: Some Um, of the best goalkeepers ever have worn 33. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's clearly
1: been a big influence on him. Mm. Um, And so, yeah. But what's weird is that usually in the summer, there's kind of rumbling transfer speculation that sort of carries carries you along.
0: But there isn't really any of that, is there? No, there doesn't appear to be. The only thing that's happened... Um, obviously, it looks like Manchester United are are signing Morgan Schneiderlin along yeah. with uh Schweinsteiger. What do you I make know. of that
1: i don 't know they 've got all the shoulds haven 't they yeah um i think I think they are a pair of good signings actually I have to say um, I think it 's easy to be dismissive of Schweinsteiger because he 's already thirty but i' I mean I still think he 's a top class player and it 'll definitely improve them and it takes a little bit of the pressure off. Going to be coming to be the main man straight away. Yeah,
0: should we have spent whatever they're going to pay for Schneidlin, £25, £27 million, pounds? should we have spent that money on him, do you think? I don't know,
1: if I'm honest. I mean, I think...
0: But I'm asking that, you. Like, oh, I see. You want like, me to see. I want you to actually tell me, should we have or not? Like, what are you... I mean, it, w- would you have? Well,
1: it's not my money. No, yeah, well, of I course. Po- <laughs> I, I probably would. I mean, the thing is, it's the cock clown thing, isn't it? It's the... It's the whole thing. I think we talked about it last week. Carson yeah. wants Coquelin to start, presumably, having you know put five a five year deal behind him. I think he's not going to do that lightly. Mm. Um, it's just that question of is there competition? Uh, do you know what? I probably would have gone and bought someone like Schneiderlin, just because I think that personally, Arteta and Flamini are neither of them necessarily can match physically what Coquelin can do, and I think Schneiderlin's a little bit closer in style. But um, Arsenal clearly feels otherwise because I think if he wanted the player, he could have had him long before now.
0: Yeah, I mean our interest in him goes back a long, long way. Uh, I remember years ago seeing a story about Arsenal being interested in a young French guy called Schneiderlin, and I remember mm. thinking that's not a particularly French name. That's why it stuck with me. Indeed, and yeah. that was uh, that was just before he went to to Southampton. I think we were we were at the point where. People were going, no, oh, not another young French player. What's going on here? And so that that's probably what put him off, you know, because he yeah. listens directly to the fans and what they think of transfer business before he makes any decisions on who to sign or who to bring in.
1: Well, nowadays he just reads Twitter, obviously, but this was in the pre-Twitter days where he would sort of, you know go undercover to pubs and stuff and mm. listen to fans what was say, what they were saying there he'd wear a sort of big false mustache and glasses
0: i um, am mr Snub.
1: exactly yeah. and that would d- directly inform his transfer policy yeah. in fact that the departure of david dean hit him particularly hard because david dean used to dress as like a lamp post or a post box and just ha- hide on street corners to find out what the public thought arsenal should do
0: it was quite quite the canny move it was a, he was the master of
1: disguise. Mm. What do you think about um, not Schweinsteiger? Well, what do you think about the pair?
0: The two Schwer, No, the two <laughs> Schwoz. Uh, the two Schwoz. Uh, I think obviously United have issues in midfield and and have had for a little while because um, Carrick is really important or was really important for them. But uh, I think what age is he now? Thirty three, thirty four, or something like the, that.
1: The check age, thirty-three. Yeah,
0: so you know he's he's not getting any younger, and then you know these these guys that were supposed to be the future of the Manchester United midfield, like Tom Cleverley, clearly weren't. They're Mm -hmm. sort of the future of other other people's midfield because that's about uh, all they deserve. He was in uh, he played during the um, FA Cup final, didn't he, Cleverley? I think so. I think the, the the thing that I remember most from him on that day was a foul on Alexis, and that was about the the biggest contribution he made. So it's obviously been uh, something that they've got to sort out. Uh, they're throwing a lot of money around, aren't they? In fairness, after all the money they spent last summer as well. When you think about the amount of money they spent last summer, and now this summer as well, um, there's, a, there's a huge um, amount of money being spent. Well, I was thinking of a different way to say that. I couldn't. Um, yeah. But what do I think? Schweinsteiger, obviously a, a tremendous player um, and will be an asset for sure. Yeah. And Schneiderlin, uh, maybe they're going to play the two of them together. Maybe that's the, the new centre of Manchester United's midfield. Yeah, Wouldn't necessarily about... be the most mobile, would it?
1: No, maybe not. They're talking about a three, maybe with Ander Herrera in there as well. Oh yeah, I, I forgot mean... him. Yeah, so I think they've got some decent options now. Fortunately, they still don't really have any strikers. Um, So, you know, I'm taking some comfort from that. They've Mm. got Wayne Rooney, and then they've got James Wilson and Javier Hernandez. And Hernandez, I think, is being linked with a move away. So Mm. still work to be done on that front.
0: Yeah, you can't see them not signing a striker, actually. I I would be very surprised if they didn't bring in a forward, particularly after... Robin van Persie uh, left for Fenerbahce. <laughs> yeah, indeed, did you so see? Did you see his lovely brown outfit? I haven't seen his brown outfit. No, right? He's he's wearing a kind of I don't know what it is. Uh, it's on the Fenerbahce Twitter account, um, and he's standing there with his family, and his children look distraught. You know, they look really unhappy. The, the kid, the the boy is just looking at the ground going, oh, I don't want to go anywhere. And then oh, Van Persie's standing there um, in a kind of a, it looks like a brown jumpsuit kind of a thing.
1: I'm looking at it now. It looks like you might be going on safari.
0: Yeah, safari, but also perhaps taking some helicopter lessons. Right. And look yeah. at him standing there with his thumbs up pretending to be really happy. Like I'm go I'm going to Fenerbahce. Woohoo! This is the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. And then his, can you see children, the one with the kid?
1: Yeah, they all look he looks desperately unhappy all the time his son.
0: Yeah, he's like, "Oh god. Come on. First you made me leave London and now I've got to leave Manchester. I just made some friends, dad." And now I've got to, no, i And Robin's standing there going, "It's all right, son. I'm going to make lots of money." You're going to make loads of money. It'll be mm. great.
1: Well, look, I mean, it's karma, isn't it? It's football and karma in action. Yes. So he's gone. Yeah, it does. He rotates. Well, he's gone, so they need to replace him. Falcao, obviously, went as well to Chelsea. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a weird one. Via Monaco. And, um, yeah, so they'll be looking for a centre-forward. I mean, we're sort of looking for a centre-forward. I think everyone would quite like a centre-forward.
0: Yeah, I think, that's, I think that's reasonable, but who is the centre forward? What do you make of this uh, tremendous story uh, that broke yesterday uh, about the man it's from, it's Leon. Leon, yeah, Alexandre Lacazette?
1: I mean, so he favourited a story on Twitter, am I right in saying that?
0: Yes, yeah, so a website called MaxiFoot, okay, which so Im- conjures up some different credible. images for me, <laughs> yeah. I have to say. Um, not necessarily in relation to football. But uh, they they wrote a story saying that Arsene Wenger wants La Gazette and that l- a move could happen, and he favorited that story. So maybe that was his way, knowing now that Arsene Wenger is on Twitter, monitoring what people want Arsenal to do from a transfer point of view. Maybe that's his way of subtly communicating with Arsene Wenger Without breaking any FIFA guidelines About tapping up or anything Twitting up, can we call it that?
1: He's just sort of gently lifting up his skirt In Arsenal's direction I think uh, I mean look The problem is that everyone says Arsenal need an Aguero But no one ever says who that is Apart from Sergio Aguero
0: (laughs) But didn't we sort of get an Aguero in Alexis Sanchez?
1: I guess I guess But we're playing him on the flank And I I actually don't think that was necessarily Arsene Wenger's plan. You know, there was that period in the early part of the season where Alexis started as a central striker on several occasions, and I think had he flourished there, that's where he might have ended up. But he didn't. He
0: didn't unflourish though. He wasn't bad or anything. He wasn't
1: bad, but I think well, there was a game at Everton where he was withdrawn at half time. He had a really tough time in that match. But I think generally he was better playing off somebody, wasn't he?
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: And I think that maybe, maybe there's, you know, still room in the, for someone in that central spot. Well, but, you know, we've been over this many times, but the, the counter argument is you need a Giroud figure in order to bring the best out of your Alexises and your Urzels.
0: But do you, though? I mean, do you really? I mean, could you not have somebody else there who would also get the best out of your Erzels and your Alexises? I hope so. I mean, it that can't be, be just like you need it. Can't, he can't be the only one that you can get the best out of those guys with. Surely, just a really good player would also work. But who? Um, who's that?
1: I don't know. Is it Lacazette? I mean, he's an interesting one in that you know he's young-ish. He's twenty-four, I think. Uh, French, quick. You know, Arsene Wenger likes that.
0: Ticks some of the boxes, all right, doesn't he? He,
1: he does tick a lot of boxes. He scored a lot of goals last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was something like 27, something like that, in Liga, which is not even a very high-scoring division traditionally. So, I don't know. I mean, is it? Is it, are we approaching the point where something like that is almost worth... The punt, because like I, I'm not sure we there's a 50 million pound striker out there to go and get.
0: Yeah, I mean that's the thing. I think um, I think we spoke about this before that. I I think the challenge, for, not just for Arsenal but for pretty much all the, the the big clubs at the moment, is trying to identify who is the guy who's 23, 24, who in the next two years is going to make the step up to be that 50 million pound or 60 million pound player you know mm-hmm. it's not like there there's a Suarez around this summer uh, that that everybody would take if they could get him you know uh mm-hmm. people like Cavani Benzema you know they're they're obviously top drawer strikers but not necessarily the cream of the of the the crop or maybe not worth the investment that you'd have to make in them in terms of what you get out of them uh, time and and goals so i think that's the challenge that if if this guy lacazette is going to be the next guy to make the big step up then it could be worth a punt but of course it's worth uh, it's it's about how how you view his potential lots of players have scored lots of goals in france and, and not quite made the grade um, so it's a, it's a difficult one, but I believe he's somebody that we've scouted quite often, quite a lot. Grimondi has been doing his thing, you know, sitting in the stand.
2: Mm-hmm. During, Reading the tweets.
0: Yeah, doing Sudoku and uh, and uh, occasionally just uh, looking up as he scores a goal. But, uh, you know, we've, we've got an eye on him, as I'm sure we have with many other players. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, I guess it will be an interesting one, but... Could it be one that would only happen, for example, if Theo Walcott didn't sign a new deal? What do you make of um, the the Raheem Sterling thing? £49 million pounds to Manchester City.
1: It's a lot of money, isn't it? It's a lot of money. I mean, I think they've, to an extent, City over a barrel, aren't they? Because they desperately need homegrown players to meet the quota. they failed to uh, snatch Fabian Delph away from Aston Villa. And I've, I kind of feel like they've, they kind of had to do this deal but I, I'm forty 49 million mm. I mean that's an awful lot I think Sterling I really rate Sterling I think he's got massive potential but I think I would have balked at that kind of fee mm. what do you think
0: well I don't think it makes any difference to Manchester City because it's 49 yeah. million they can spend that on anything they like you know they could just you know put in a garden at the back of the stadium, worth forty nine million pounds, and it wouldn't True. make any difference uh, to their finances or their ability to do that kind of a deal. So I think they're they're always um, they're always going to do it. They they don't have to think about it too much or the consequences, particularly as the FFP rules seem to be just completely um, in the toilet at this point. Anyone can get away with anything. Mm-hmm. So w- why the hell not? You know, he's he's going to come in and the, he'll play. I don't know where, on the left or the right, he's going to be better than Nasri, he's going to be better than Milner, he's going to be better probably than than Jesus Navas. So why the hell not? And it helps their quota. So, yeah, I mean, it it seemed to be the only real destination for him once uh, he'd made his mind up to leave Liverpool.
1: So do you think think there's any chance that Liverpool might come knocking with some of that £49
0: million for Theo Walcott? Who knows? Who knows? I mean... He grew up a Liverpool fan, I think. But, you know, it really depends on what his ambition is as a footballer. Does he want to go play with Danny Ings and whoever else they've got? Ricky Lambert. Ricky Lambert. And be maybe the main man at Liverpool? Or does he want to play with Mesut Ozil, Alexis Sanchez, you know, Aaron Ramsey, these guys? Um who could be um, really challenging for stuff. So, I mean, it depends on Walcott, and I don't know what the situation is with the uh, with Walcott and Arsenal at this moment in time. Um, You'd like to think that things are progressing um, and that a decision is going to be made one way or the other. But look, if it gets strung out and we head towards the end of August, who knows? But Liverpool have got money burning a hole in their pocket and they're going to want to buy somebody. I think, I think they're going to be under huge pressure to buy somebody really good with that money, like not a not a situation where you sell Fernando Torres for fifty million pounds and you go out and buy Andy Carroll for thirty-five million pounds. I don't think that will be acceptable to Liverpool fans. You know, it's not about the amount of money that you spend, although that's that's clearly going to um, that's clearly going to have an effect on who you get. But nobody would say that that was good spending by Liverpool. Uh, even though they reinvested a lot of that money. So maybe there is pressure on them to go out and buy somebody really good with that money.
1: I mean, they tried last season with Alexis. The problem they encountered is that it's hard to get, you know, elite players to move to a, a, ch- a club who don't play in the Champions League.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. But maybe, you know, if, if, there's, a, if there's any kind of doubts... Uh, on our part over Walcott, like over his future or over his role in the team, as I think were evident throughout the season, throughout last season. Um, You know, he spent a lot of time on the bench when he could have been playing. Mm -hmm. Um, And obviously finished the season with a couple of great performances and one in the FA Cup final obviously was, was fantastic. But if there are doubts, and if Liverpool are looking, and if, for example, we could target a... A Royce, somebody like that, with the money on top of what we already have, then it would be quite tempting, I think. No?
1: Well, maybe. I mean, the thing is that, you know, you talk about Walcott's ambition, but it may be that his ambition is as simple as wanting to play every week and his yeah, well, chance of yeah. doing that at Liverpool might be superior.
0: Yeah, that's what I mean. That's what mm-hmm. I mean. So um, yeah, maybe it's it's an interesting one. And of course, probably by the time we finish this podcast, Arsenal will have announced that Walcott signed a new deal, making us both look like um, chumps completely. I mean, the, th-
1: the thing is, at the back end of last season, that was very much the way the noises were going, wasn't it? Publicly, Theo was saying, "I'm I'm sure it'll all get sorted out. I hope it gets resolved soon." And Arsene was at least outwardly saying that he'd like Walcott to stay. I suppose the only issue is how quiet it's been since. Mm. And with Walcott, you always feel like these things will drag out. I I would say that I'm not confident a new deal will be announced before the start of the season, certainly.
0: Right. Well, that will make things interesting because I you know, I really think a decision should be made before the end of the transfer window or or some kind of deadline should be put on it now because uh if he's not gonna sign a new deal or if he's gonna if he's going to create another saga, I'm not sure he's worth a saga. You know, mm-hmm. the ongoing headlines week in, week out, and maybe they'll get it sorted at the last minute or the eleventh hour. You know, if you're doing that with a player of, of real world class ability, then okay, you're having to deal with um, you're having to deal with all those issues and all the options that a player like that has. But I'm not sure that's the case with uh, with Theo Walker. So, anyway, we'll see. This is just we pure speculation on our, our behalf. But is uh, Lacazette the best-named player after an old audio format of all time?
1: I don't know. There's a guy playing for Marseille called Le Mini Disc. He's pretty good as well.
0: I like uh, Alessandro Vinyl. Yeah. He's good. Plays for uh, Napoli Reserves.
1: Holding midfielder.
0: Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And he can also play in goal.
1: Yeah, that's good. I like... Varsamega likes versatility.
0: Mm, he's big in the shower as well, I believe. 12 inches. (laughs) Very good. Hey. Very good. Hey. What else is happening?
1: I don't know. We didn't really talk about Abu Dhabi leaving.
0: No, we didn't. That was last week, and we we probably should have uh, had a few words about that. Yeah, that? Yeah. What were your
1: feelings about that?
0: I think it's just really sad, to be honest. Mm. You know, um there was obviously a player of, of great potential there. And whether he would have ever become the player, his absences have... You know, I think sometimes when a player's out injured, um, his qualities are bigged up, you know, that he becomes a better player in his absence. Exactly. Um, yeah, a little bit. And I think perhaps a, a, there was a touch of that with Diaby. But I think when when you look at some of the videos and you look at some of the moments and some of the performances, there was a he was clearly on a different level to the likes of song, Nielsen Bentner, you know, that era of player that he's been associated with all that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's, it's just really sad that he hasn't been able to get fit that when he has been fit, he's been struck down by injuries again, that his body seems to have been absolutely shattered by all the injuries that the compensating for one injury has led to another has led to another, et cetera, et cetera. um, You know, as somebody who is 43 years of age and is gutted every time I have to miss a game of football on a Tuesday night, you know, playing Astro... I know there's, uh, I know there's a big difference, but when all you want to do is play football and you can't, it must be absolutely heartbreaking. And I don't buy into the whole, well, he got his wages and you know that he should be fine sitting around picking up his money. I don't buy into that at all. That just completely negates and takes away the human element from it. So I think it's a shame that Arsenal never got the chance to see what kind of a player he could really be over a sustained period i think it's a terrible shame for him that his career has gone the way it has it'll be a brave club i think that would give him anything other than a, a particularly small deal we hear about pay as you play deals but they're they're so rare um has to be almost non-existent. And, uh, you know, I just share the manager's view that it, it's, it's really sad to see what happened. I think we were left with no choice this summer but to let him go. I think he knew that, we knew that. And ultimately, it's just a, it's just a very sad tale.
1: It is a real shame because, you know, I think anyone who saw Diaby play in, in the early part of his career, there were glimpses of a, a really special player there. Uh, and to not see that come to fruition Is is gutting. I think it's gutting for Arsene Wenger as well, who for a long time really believed that it could be turned around, and probably Mm. to the detriment of the team at a certain period. I think he always kept, you know, in the the, probably the uh, apart from the last few years of Diaby's Arsenal career, he kept a place for him in the squad, you know, in the hope that he would be able to contribute, and he couldn't. Mm. Um, I suppose that his legacy, in some respects, may be that I saw an interview with Francis Coquelin talking about what an important mentor figure he was to him so uh, you know perhaps we we have that to thank him for in some respects he was a, a big influence on Cochlear who's obviously now making a massive contribution himself I just hope that DRB it might be fanciful but it wouldn't it be amazing to see him get a deal somewhere and actually put a run of games together at whatever level that was yeah, yeah I mean it I know there's
0: yeah, talk of MLS um, maybe he could go back to, to France I don't know, I don't know it would be good I'd really like to to see him get a to get a chance to play and even if it's not at the top top level that he would have wanted his career to be at uh I think at this point he would just be content with some regular football and contributing to whatever team he plays for mm. um so yeah yeah a bit bit of a sad one really and uh Look, uh, that's that's just kind of the risk, unfortunately, isn't it, with with footballers and with the game, that you can pick up an injury that can have a long-lasting effect. And, you know, a football club can give a guy, we could give Alexis a new deal tomorrow and he could suffer the same kind of injury. You know, that is just the, the bottom line. So, um, you can't get too precious about whatever has been spent on, on Abu Dhabi. I don't think so.
1: No, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. All right. Uh- is that is that part
0: one? Uh, no, the other final thing that I wanted to talk about. Uh, I don't know if you've seen this. It's in the sun this morning. Oh, maybe not then. <clears throat> Probably not. You haven't. Uh, you haven't yet read your soar away sun.
1: No, it's sat on the mat waiting for me. <laughs>
0: uh, Wojciech Chesny, apparently, in a bit of trouble. Not in a bit of trouble, but but photographed doing some of that old uh, nitrous oxide from a balloon thing. Oh,
1: Vojtech. <laughs> Wojciech, check. Maybe he'll go to Manchester United. They need a goalkeeper. They're signing all the other Schuz. Yeah. Schneidlin, Schweinsteiger, not he? That'll be the hat-trick. Wow. It makes wow. sense. Yeah, That's their yeah, no yeah. real transfer strategy. I, um, that is a bit of a shame, but Arsamega seems pretty relaxed about this kind of thing when it's not in the dressing room. Is that fair?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think he's quite all right with his players taking part in drug fueled orgies as long as nobody <laughs> takes any pictures. And if it doesn't happen in the toilets in the dressing
1: room, yeah. that's the, the major issue.
0: Well, particularly the orgies. He doesn't like those in the in the dressing room.
1: No, there's, there's not a, room. There's it it a, disturbs the feng shui.
0: There's a time and a place for that kind of carry on, chaps, and this <laughs> is not it.
1: Oh, I haven't seen this story, but
0: um, he now I, I saw I saw a picture. And just as easily he could be blowing up a balloon to celebrate his impending wedding. It must be that.
1: Is, is, it, is he turning it into a balloon
0: animal, or...? Yeah, maybe that's what it was. He was making a giraffe, or a a pony, or a salamander, or some kind of... Ox.
1: He's making an ox for Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain. Mm, that's
0: exactly what it must be. I can only assume. Yeah. Stay well, out know. of trouble, coming. Maybe maybe. maybe it could have been a helium balloon as well. Could easily maybe. have been, because well, was... it does that hilarious thing. After you take some helium, your voice goes really, really high. That would be funny.
1: Yeah, that is always a
0: good party trick.
2: Mm.
1: Apparently that's dangerous, somebody told me recently. The helium thing? Yeah.
0: In what, in what way?
1: I don't know. Someone was telling me that they were doing a show where they got an audience member to do it, and then Health and Safety said they couldn't because there is a minor risk attached to it.
0: Um, of so, what, the person sounding quite funny? like Yeah, but maybe you get stuck like that. Oh, wow, like if the wind changes. I mean, people have been doing it for
1: years, and as far as I know, there have been no adverse effects. But, you know, I'm just warning the people, beware helium. Apparently it's not as hilarious and friendly as it initially appears.
0: What, 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 maybe it was to do with the size of the balloon, like it, a normal-sized balloon, and then this guy was perhaps using a hot air balloon full of helium? Maybe. Maybe they were doing it in a shark tank. I don't know. Wow. I think we need more information on this.
1: We'll come back to it next week. It'll be like a running thing. Yeah. See what Uh, happened to the helium guy. Yeah, exactly.
0: All right. Well, so, uh, well, Chesney's on the tour. He's out there. There was a picture taken with him and and Petr Cech sitting beside each other. Both of them looking at the camera going... It's a bit awkward, really.
1: <laughs> I wonder if, like, Vojcek we will sort of start calling Check dad by mistake and stuff like that. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Get this weird relationship going.
0: Oh, uh, that'd be brilliant. Did you ever do that in school? Did you ever, I, like... I did,
1: I uh, did. Absolutely humiliating.
0: I did it on, um, on a football bus. I think I was 12, right. something like that. And the, instead of, like, trying to get the attention of the the manager or the coach, as he was, I went, (laughs) ma'am. And you can imagine how unforgiving a bus full of 12-year-old boys was. Oh, I mean, awful. Ah. I I did it
1: myself. I remember putting my hand up in the class and just being like, ma'am. And I'd just be like, oh, God, I have (laughs) really let myself in for something here. Yeah. I bet Um, someone
0: broke your arm. Well,
1: exactly. And it's been weak ever since and keeps just shattering at every possible (laughs) opportunity.
0: Oh, uh, there you go. That's what you get for uh, social faux pas in your in your early teenage years. That's justice. Yeah, that, that's yeah. You get you get what you deserve. All right. Um, okay. Will we take a break and come back with part two?
1: We'll do exactly that.
0: All right. Welcome back to the Arsecast Extra. This is part two, where you send us your questions on Twitter, at Gunnarblog and at Arseblog, with the hashtag ArsCastExtra. As always, thank you for all the questions. There are so many we can't get through them all, but uh, we do our best. James, the honour this week is yours.
1: Oh, thanks very much. Oh, my, my pleasure. Well, let's kick off with this. This is from Finn, who's at Finn1886. And he says, on the eve of our new Away Kit launch, even though we've already seen it, most of us, what are your best and worst away kits we've ever had?
0: Ever? Ever?
1: Okay. I mean, let's go last 20 years because, frankly, I won't remember beyond that. Okay. Although
0: you can have, like, classic
1: 70s, I guess.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm like, straight in there with yellow and blue. Like, mm. no, nothing else for me in terms of the the away kit. Like, I don't okay. like variations. I don't like it when it's not yellow or when there's too much blue. Um. So I think probably my favourite... And it ties in obviously with the uh, with the success of that season was the the yellow and blue from the Invincible season, uh, when Robert Perez, for example, scored that brilliant goal at Anfield. Oh, The yeah. yellow, the blue.
1: It was very yellow.
0: I it remember. was very yellow and and very blue, and I, I like that. So that's that's where I'm a I'm a sucker, and I did like uh, last season's one as well.
1: Oh yeah, okay.
0: yeah.
1: You know that wasn't bad at all.
0: Yeah, you know we did we wore, wear that in the cup final. We did, yeah. So I liked, I liked that one. Uh, and the worst one, what's the one? I oh, the worst. Um, I don't
1: know if it was technically a away kit, it may have been a third kit, but the white shirt I was not a fan of.
0: No, that wasn't good. Didn't like that didn't like anything that was blue, like, fully blue. Remember the one... Remember that goal Thierry Henry scored against West Ham away and he sort of picked the ball up off Vieira and, like, took a touch and, and controlled it. it on his yeah. knee and then went... Pewing! It was like straight in top corner before anyone had even seen what happened. I do remember that. I fucking hated that kid.
1: Did you? That that was one of the 0-2 kits, I seem That to was recall. one of
0: the 0-2 kits blue with stuff on the front of it and all that kind of It looks all sort of
1: pixelated, yeah. Yeah,
0: you know, and there was that blue kit that we wore. Remember when Robbie Robbie Fowler scored the three-minute hat-trick? Remember Mm, that one? mm. That was not good. Didn't like that one. Was that the sort of one with, like, lightning bolts down it? Yeah. Yeah, I
1: remember
0: that. Didn't like that one. Go on, what's yours then?
1: I mean, I said last 20 years, but it is hard to look past the sort of 71-era, you know plain very plain yellow with the cannon and the blue mm. collar. That's a great kit.
0: Yeah. Timeless. Timeless, classic.
1: Absolutely. Um least favorites definitely that white kit, which I think was a third kit, which was kind of a pinstriped affair.
0: Mm. It had it was, all it had all kind of writing on it if I remember. Yeah. Weird.
1: There was another one around that era which was kind of dark blue and a sort of red current color. Do you remember that? Whenever I think of it, Emmanuel Aboue's is wearing it.
0: Oh, the the um, the stripy one. Yeah. And we wore that, I think, when we we played Bolton. I think we were down to ten men, and then we yeah, won. We 32. came back. Yeah.
1: We came back, yeah. but despite that result, not a huge fan of that kit. I don't really know what that was supposed to be. Um, I'm trying to think what else we've had. Generally, if they're yellow like you, I'm sort of cool with it. Yeah. Mark Overmars scored at Old Trafford in a yellow shirt. Did he not? Like, yeah, I quite like that. A blue band across it. I think. Yeah, ninety-eight. Um, Thierry Henry's favourite kit. He always says favourite was a variety kit was the gold kit.
0: Yeah, you know. I mean, th- it's got great memories, of course, because uh, because of you know winning the league at Old Trafford, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But you know, I, I, I you know, not really for me. Is that what we've got this year? Gold kits? Is that what it is? is that it's what it kind what it is? of like a. It's kind of like somebody has got a grey shirt in Photoshop, and then got a yellowy gold shirt on top of it, and mm. then turned down the opacity on the yellow so the grey comes up from it. It's like anyway, they're launching it, I think, in Singapore tomorrow night. I think that's what's going on.
1: Exciting times! It
0: really is. It's a shirt in which players will fit.
1: I mean you're not gonna be this. they're gonna play football in it as well. Yeah. Yeah. And it's gonna be available for purchase. Who knew? Wow.
0: You can buy it in shops and online anywhere.
1: I'm actually looking at last season's away kit, and I think that was pretty good.
0: Yeah, it's lovely. It's nice. I really like that. I really like that. All
1: so right. Well yeah, there's off.
0: there there we go. There's the kits thing. Right, here's one, and this comes from Chris Garment. He is at Garmentic A. I don't know which particular garment he is, but he's one of them. Mm -hmm. Um, He says, if you could mate two current Arsenal players to create a hybrid child that would improve the team, who would it be? Ooh.
1: I mean, I think I've talked about this before, trying to breed Theo Walcott with Olivier Giroud. Yeah. Um, Trying to fuse their genetics like some sort of Jurassic World nightmare. Uh, Throw a frog and a chameleon in there too, just to sort of mix it up. Mm Mm-hmm. But who else would be a good combo? I mean, what's the what's the gap I'm going to try and plug here? I guess maybe instead of looking at centre forward, I'll think about this holding midfield situation. See if I can make another one of those.
0: Yeah, cocoteta,
1: exactly. Someone who had the maybe I'll go. I'd, I'd want some of cockler. La. <laughs> <laughs> Just adding the rest of the syllables there quickly. Yeah,
0: because, yeah. you know, um, you know it's, it's hard. After a weekend, it's hard to, you know.
1: It's hard to just change the pattern, do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? You know, you get into the habit of saying certain things. <laughs> I, I think you'd want a bit of him, but you'd want maybe Coxorla. Oh, that's what I'd want to make if I could. A Coxorla. Yeah, it sounds like Coxzilla as well, which is a terrifying prospect.
0: Somebody's going to photoshop that for us, and I'm not sure we're going to be able to put it on our timelines.
1: I don't think so. Not safe for work. Um, <laughs> but, but you know, someone who had the kind of aggression and physicality of Cochlan, but the quick feet and, you know, perceptive passing of Cazorla, what a, what a midfielder that would be.
0: That would be good, wouldn't
1: it? Some would say mm. Jack Wilshere could be that midfielder one day. Uh, I, I, I would I <laughs> would <laughs> no, me neither. But some would, and that's the important thing. Right. But I, also, I wonder how big a factor that might be in Arsene Wenger's thinking this summer.
0: What, that he's trying to breed cockerland and Kazorla? And Jack Wilshire together. Right. I mean,
1: nature, you know, life finds a way, as they say in Jurassic Park. <laughs> um, what would you do?
0: What would I do? Um, I think, you know, if you were to look at maybe a an actual murtis that Ooh, could be a good player. That would be a very good player. You know, the reading of the game, the calmness, the assurance on the ball of of Mertesacker, along with the quickness, the aggression, uh, and the handy goal scoring uh, when you need to get into Europe of Koscielny. That would be a good player. Imagine
1: an Azexis.
0: An Azexis.
1: Or
0: Azexis. An Azexis. You're struggling. Alexil. An Alexil. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Like, that would be like a super... uh, What would happen, though? Because, you know, there's this languid style of of Ozil against this um, dynamic style of Alexis. One would want to sort of, you know, be efficient in their running and do the, you know... And the other would be like trying to get... You'd have a player that actually split in two on the pitch.
1: I'm not suggesting conjoined twins, I did, don't get me wrong. I think that is a recipe for chaos. Mm. But if we could somehow combine their attributes, I mean, what a player that would be!
0: Yeah. What if about they... what Go about uh, a Belbushi?
1: A Belbushi.
0: A Belbushi. So you've got a bit more physicality at the right back position, strength, along with Bellerin's incredible pace. A Belbushi Bouchy.
1: is good. Debussy's good. I think that would actually genuinely be... I, mean, I really like Bellerin, but I think if you gave him a little bit of Debussy,
0: Mm. Not bad, eh?
1: Not bad at all. Um, what else? I'm just trying to think.
0: I think we've probably done this one to death.
1: I mean, you could sort of breed Yaya snowgo and Joel Campbell just for the hell of it and see what happens.
0: Two players who go out on loan.
1: Yeah. You'd get this guy who was just forever out on loan with people going, like, give him a chance. (laughs) And it would never happen. Yeah. And then when he got the chance, he wouldn't
0: be very good. Yeah. Bless him. (sighs) All right, let's have another question.
1: Uh, Let let us have another question. I enjoyed that one, though. Let's suggest it. Let's write to the club. Yeah. Making that proposal.
0: Could you please uh, set up a human cloning lab? Exactly. Yeah.
1: For God's sake, it's about bloody time. Watch, there would just be know.
0: like jars of babies, you know, ones that went wrong. Bits of Abu Dhabi yeah. in jars <laughs> on shelves. Yeah, I mean, there'd be all kinds of like weird concoctions in there. No, nobody yeah. needs to see a a, a, <laughs> a flam uh, flam real. Nobody flam needs real. a flam
2: royale.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're just keeping it in there for a rainy day. Um, but this one, yeah. Comes from Steve Moore at Steve Moore four double one six. Hi, Steve. Just going a bit DJ there, just trying that out. Hey, Radio One. Hey, so, yeah, hey. exactly. Hey, uh, he says. In hindsight, hindsight, eh? does the twenty-five million pounds received for Robin van Persie now look like a canny piece of transfer business by Arsene Wenger?
0: I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I refuse but- to answer that question okay, okay um sorry Steve Moore but sorry, fuck Steve that Moore. Shit. who gives a fuck seriously uh
1: true true fair fair
0: all right um th- uh, that means it's then. my question all yeah. right okay oh shit I should have been uh should have been ahead of the game here a little bit um boom, ba-bum, ba-bum, ba-bum. Uh, shit uh, okay all right, here we go this one comes from Tim Stillman of course. Tim I'm wants sure it would be a,
1: a sensible question because you know is. how erudite Tim is.
0: Yes, he is. He's a he's a fine writer, somebody who thinks logically and clearly about the game and is capable 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 of expressing those thoughts in a in a very cogent manner. Mm, mm, so he wants to know mm. would you rather have sex with a cow and have nobody ever find out? Yes. Or Oh shit. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> Well, thanks, Tim. Uh, or, yeah. don't have sex with a cow, but everyone in the world believes that you have. It's all over the newspapers, and there's absolutely no prospect of convincing anyone that you haven't had sex with a cow for the rest of your life.
1: I mean, what a conundrum. Mm. I mean, this could be Tim's next column, I suspect, <laughs> in the making. Yeah. Um, I would have to say that I'll stick with my first answer, and i
0: i oh i don't know actually you would you would have sex with a cow that's where you're going with it look it's fine embrace it you're you know it's not you won't be the first i won't or be the, the first or no. the last
1: or the last i'll tell you what's stopping me going with that so i'm going with that because i'm like well i'm quite you know my public reputation has taken a battering already mm. and i i don't need this whole cow controversy creating more problems for me right however I'm also conscious that a cow cannot consent. So I You would be,
0: like, essentially a, a cow Bill Cosby.
1: Yeah. And I'm not comfortable with that. If you can assure me that this cow is up for it,
0: then that's the option I'm going with. Well not to not to be too crude about this but you know when you see some of those veterinary programs and and, and all that kind of stuff and oh look the cow's it's the the calf is breached mm. and the vet's in there and he's up to his shoulder trying to get the poor little calf out mm. i'm not sure i'm not i'm not making any disparaging remarks about your Girth or length? I'm not sure the cow would be that aware of what would be happening if you were to go down that road. That's all it's I'm story saying.
1: Of it's mm. a story of my life. Story of my life. I well, listen. That I think that is the road. I'm not sure about this. I mean, it's not an easy question, is it?
0: Because what you see, what happens now is you say you'd have sex with a cow, and then everyone says he would have sex with a cow. Well, immediately that's that you why become I known.
1: I shouldn't have answered this on a podcast. Yeah. I? I don't even think a cow is a particularly sexy animal. That's another issue for me.
0: What What is up there on the, the spectrum of sexy animals for you? Like a, I, a panther? Yeah. Sleek? I think even furry. a horse
1: is preferable. They're quite sort of, you know, athletic. A cow, I feel, is like, it hasn't even made an effort. Nah. I think dolphins are quite sexy.
0: We're going to have a big problem here now. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I know you hate dolphins but yeah. I just think as animals go do
0: you think so I don't think they're quite beaky and they've got a long nose and they've got these little weird itty bitty teeth and you that's know.
1: exactly how I like my women <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, well so do apply here yeah I am um, well, what are you doing I feel like I've now just announced on the internet that I'm going to have sex with a cow thus er- eradicating the whole point of the question
0: yeah I, making it public. I wouldn't have sex with a cow. Right. And I don't give a fuck if anyone thinks that I did. Because I would know that I didn't. So who gives a shit what anyone else thinks? So what we've learned is that I am more conscious and care more about what people think than yeah. you do.
1: Yeah. That makes me feel like a terrible man. And I've raped a cow. <laughs> <laughs> Great. I've really See what you've well done now, this. Stillman. Yeah, thanks a lot, Tim. Um, oh, God. Can we move on? Yeah, we can.
0: Let's, let's, let's move on.
1: Okay, I'm going to let this go out and to hell with the consequences. I'm going to prove to you that I don't care what people think because I'm going to have people tweeting me all day about cow sex. Um, <laughs> okay, at Arsenal hippy Hippie Gooner. Right. He says, <laughs> as there is bugger all happening, can't argue with that, please make some wild future predictions for Arsenal in the year 2030.
0: In the year 2030.
1: Yeah, and what's good is, I'm sure we'll definitely still be doing this every week until then. Absolutely. So, we can come back to it then and be like, oh,
0: we were right all along. We were completely right. Okay, uh, it's the year 2030.
1: So, how far is that? That's 15 years away. 15 years from now. So, to put that in perspective, 15 years ago was what? 90? No, year 2000. <laughs> That's an easy sum. <laughs>
0: <laughs> your, your mind is fucking wrecked from fucking cows. That's the yeah, problem obviously. here. You can't of even course. do simple arithmetic.
1: Genuinely, mad cow disease everywhere. I, yeah, so year 2000. So not that long ago. In the year really.
0: 2000, uh, we didn't... Yeah, it wasn't a great year for us, really.
1: No. That really cool? Was that your eighth Cup final, yeah?
0: Oh, could have been, yeah.
1: Might have been. So, <sighs> Grim, 15 okay. years on.
0: 15 years on. Um, Arsene Wenger has just signed a new deal.
1: Yeah, there was a lot of speculation he might go, but Yeah, the board are still backing him.
0: Yeah, he's 80-whatever, 82 mm-hmm. or whatever he'd be. So, you know, he's still looking as fit and healthy as any 73-year-old. Yeah. Uh, his, uh, his assistant manager... Who would his assistant manager be?
1: I don't know. Has Barrow Prima finally got the promotion he's been angling for for 30 N- years?
0: No, unfortunately he died. Right, okay. He died... Uh, he was in an accident with a helium balloon. Yeah, hippie crack, mayhem, <laughs> poor Boro. Took Steve Bold with him. Oh, God. Exploded everywhere. <laughs> That's what happened. So so, uh, Mikel Arteta is his second in command. Of course he is. People are saying he's too slow to be a number two.
1: Yeah, he doesn't get up from the bench quick enough.
0: <laughs> uh, the stadium, oh, the stadium, uh, the stadium... Naming rights. How long more do they last? Another fifteen years?
1: Maybe I'd, I'd say they will have come around for renewal by then.
0: Okay, so it's the the Snapchat Stadium, <laughs> Snapchat Arena, the Snapchat Arena, yeah. where they have managed to uh, to extend it to uh, to eighty thousand.
1: Do they have? They just put another stadium on top of it? Basically?
0: No, no, they haven't. They're, they're, they're going to do what we said we would do in the uh, the April Fool that we did on. Our uh, spot news that people still come back to you and go, is this not happening yet? You're going, what, what did you say? Me? Basically, we said that we're, we're going to extend this uh, the capacity of the stadium, but the way they were going to do it was to make each seat one third smaller, so they could <laughs> fit in more seats. So that that's uh, that's the only solution because they yeah. can't build up and they can't they can't build down. Um, Borrow into the ground. No. Yeah, um, Arsenal are currently sitting twelfth in the European Super League. After a bad start to the season,
1: classic injuries, probably. I imagine.
0: Yeah, the season now runs from the start of June until December. Then there's a World Cup every year, every okay. single year, uh, in Qatar or one of those places um, in the desert in the in the daytime. Because they've added a touch of the whole, you know, the running man, Hunger Games kind of thing to the to the, to the the football experience. I see. The death of players on the pitch is now seen as part of the game.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's inevitable. Mm-hmm. Who's w- still playing? Is anyone still playing from t- this
0: modern era? Bellerin. Is he the captain? He is, he is the captain. Has he not gone to Barcelona? Surely. No, Barcelona, unfortunately... Um, I I don't want to be the bearer of bad tidings here, but Barcelona went to shit when I went to live there right. in, in 2022, it all went wrong for the city. I've had to move to a smaller town down the coast. I accept no responsibility for what happened. All I did was say that thing to that guy and he took it wrong. And look, if people want to riot about that, there's not much I can do about it. Fair enough. So Barcelona as a city is laid waste. It's in ruins.
1: A state of disrepair.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's like it's like something out of The Walking Dead. Apart from there are no walking dead. It's just like, wow, it's like a volcano, like Pompeii.
1: I mean, one of the biggest surprises must be Joel Campbell uh, breaking the all-time goal-scoring record.
0: Of Thierry Henry's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah,
1: I mean, who can say they didn't see that coming?
0: Well, in three seasons since his return from his twelfth uh, loan, yeah, <laughs> he's he's done remarkably well.
1: All those loan spells finally paid off.
0: I think, though, he's been he's been helped by the fact that the goals have been made eight feet wider and six feet higher
1: for the sake of entertainment.
0: Yeah, yeah, you know, so that that's been a bit of an advantage for him. His hmm. waywardness is now turned into precision shooting. Everything goes in the corner instead of four, f- four yards wide.
1: And does Silent Stan, is he still owning the, the business? What's going on there?
0: No, no. Arsenal is now owned by uh, Robbie from Arsenal Fan TV. Right. <laughs>
1: yeah. Okay. It'd be inevitable that the empire will expand.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Robbie's in charge of everything.
1: And all the guys from Arsenal Fan TV, presumably they make up the board now. No, no.
0: Robbie killed them. Right. <laughs> He, as soon as he got
1: to the top. Yeah, I
0: mean that was his plan. It was just to use them to get to the top, and then it was like execute them live seems- on air yeah. on Arsenal Fan TV. I thank you for your service, but it's time to move on. You're all you're all Ned Starks to me. Off with your heads! And now nobody would fuck with Robbie after that. It's like imagine whoa.
1: imagine the hits you'd get for that.
0: This guy means business. Yeah, yeah because if- yeah, beheadings are now completely normal on YouTube. You know? Yeah.
1: Of course. 101 Great Goals would go mad for that shit, wouldn't they?
0: Yeah, they would. They would. Um,
1: well, look, it sounds like an exciting time.
0: It really does. really does. I'm looking forward to it, I have to say.
1: I hope someone's written that all down, and then obviously, when it happens, you'll see that you know we are powers, powerful people who can see into the future.
0: Yes. Yes. Right. Okay. Here's the final one, because we're running out of time. And uh, this one comes from Rashid uh, at Dishar86. And he wants to know, would you rather eat only butter for a month or stub your little toe on a table in the dark every night for a month?
1: I had a friend who ate butter, like, on its
0: own. Like, just would take a stick of butter and jump it?
1: He used to, when we were at school, they used to have, like, little rolls and they had those little things of butter, you know, like in, like, silver paper or whatever Pats. Yes, exactly. And he would just take a couple of those, tuck into them. That is Loved Gross. It. What's weird is he then went on to do a degree in catering. I think he works in a
0: restaurant there. <laughs> Bob's buttery brasserie. Yeah. It's quite a heavy butter theme. All butter um, all the time. Butter burgers, butter chips. Mm.
1: I think, what was it, stub the toe? Mm. I think I'm going to have to eat the butter, aren't I? Toe stubbing is, I mean, it's up there with stepping on a plug, isn't it, in terms yeah. of agonising, inexplicable pain.
0: It's infuriating, but it doesn't last that long. I mean, your toe over the course of a month would take a great deal of damage and would probably be a, like a hideous bloody mess at the end of it, but it would recover. Whereas I think if you ate butter for a month, your ability to fuck a cow would be severely impaired.
1: That for me, I mean, I must stress, that's not a problem. I don't want to have sex with a cow.
0: I well, know that isn't know. what <laughs> I said earlier. Wait, 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 wait.
1: That was it with very strict parameters. Right. Um, it was if because- anything, if you're telling me that, I'll eat the butter just to get out of that.
0: Right. So if you ate the butter for a month, you wouldn't have to fuck a cow. Deal. All right.
1: Bring me the blur pack.
0: Come on. Somebody get that Kerry Gold over here, and we'll <laughs> we'll do that. All right. We're going to leave it there. Hopefully, by this time next week, some stuff will have happened. So have nobody... played matches. Yeah. Like, pretend matches. Two matches, and that'll be good because then we can talk a little bit about football, and people will say, what's the fucking point in doing a podcast if there's no football to talk about?" Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. What we is just the do point? It to
1: amuse ourselves in a way.
0: Well, quite right. I've had a splendid hour in your company, James, as always. Yeah, and you. All right. Well, we'll uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Uh, until then, folks. Cheers.
1: Bye bye. <laughs>